Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana throws himself to the floor like a narcoleptic who's got a bit too excited. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! And I am recording. It's the Different Knock Podcast, and it's the same old Arsenal. Welcome back to the Different Knock Podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and the Cup of Tea Conte. <laughs> that's, that, I think that's my favourite. That's my favourite so far. I'm going alphabetically, so uh, you can. it will be a D next. Oh, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm, I'm quivering with excitement. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Didn't oh, you ask. didn't even ask me that. <laughs> my brain's just gone absolutely dead. As per, you know, my brain just did what three out of four of our defenders did in the first 75 seconds of the match. Yeah. Um, Bradley yeah. Adams, how are you, mate? I'm okay. My, um, Actually, I've got some cool news to share. My voice, my voiceover was on Sky One today, Brad. I'm really proud of what? myself. Yeah. I did, a, I did a little voiceover thing for someone and it was on Sky One, my, my mate filmed it oh my god amazing oh, congratulations that? yeah. mate Thanks, that's man. so sick yeah i know so i'm, I'm good it kind of cheered me up after um what was a rancid <sighs> so yeah like i i rarely get like really down about games like i i'm not, i think people will if you've listened to enough of this podcast you'll know that i'm i'm generally quite positive about 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 arsenal about the team and i try and see the positives that game this this could be a hard one. Like I yeah. I was I didn't speak for about half an hour after that game. I was just like doing chores around the house and like just not really in the mood. It just it really mm-hmm. hurt. It really hurt. Yeah, and I think it hurts for a for a number of reasons. Like one of the main reasons that I think it hurts from is because I think again I, I'm I hate being like an excuse merchant of oh it's the ref's fault or oh it's this person's fault or whatever but it just shows that the hangover from the last match again you know you're looking at a a ridiculous amount of yards in those legs after having not only one but two men sent off and it's no surprise that what what turned from a really positive first 10-15 minutes in the Wolves game to just lackluster we were we were sloppy we were tired, we were lackadaisical, and I think that's one of the reasons why, is it almost feels like, again, the poor decisions of the last match have, have hung over and kind of been brought into this one, which makes it worse, because then it makes me feel worse about the decisions. And obviously, we've had the news that the red card is not being overturned, but the Bednarak red card is. So... Again, it, it, I think it just makes all of these decisions 
that have currently been happening and all of this news within like the world of football just kind of just piss me off even more because the only reason they've not overturned the David Luiz red card is because it had a massive impact on the game. The reason they've turned over the Bednarak one, it's the same kind of challenge, but it's because they're, they're fucking, what, 7-0 down by that point? Sending, sending him off doesn't change the game. Yeah, but ben, obviously ben the Rick, Luiz one ben, ruins the game. Bednarak had a bad had a bad night at the office. Um, I think he, was, he got sent off Gave away a penalty and scored no goal or something like that. It was, yeah, yeah, not, not not a great night. Yeah, man, it's a really you know Villa do the double over us for the first time since ninety two ninety three. Um, you know stats coming out of our ears. Arsenal lost ten of their first twenty three league games for the first time since nineteen eighty three to nineteen eighty four. We could sit here and rattle those off all day. I think that the hardest part of this and the most emotional part of all this is the idea that that was a, a game which we've sat here many, and I've sat here many times and gone, well, you know, we dominated the game and that's, and, you know, the results will come, results will come. And we did, <laughs> for the most part. You know, we, we you know, especially that second half, we, we, we dominated the game. But the point is, this is a results-based industry and Aubameyang has had 17 shots on target the whole season. Um, we're, you know you're looking at things like that and you're going what's what's going on you know that i don't want to be revisionist because we've had, we've gone through a great run of form and when things when things happen we know the you know fine margins in football if cedric plays that back pass um a bit stronger to gabriel we don't have that mistake from and, and we don't have that mistake um, Villa have to come out more. Villa it's have more to come of an out open more. Game. Yeah, and we're sat here going oh, we're on a great run of form it's 2-0 but so i don't want to get too down in the dumps but I think there's there's an interesting point to be made about, around why this feels so big. It's because of where we are. Like if, say, for example, we'd, you know, if these, if we were dominating games and we were, you know, fifth in the league and, you know, a game like that happened, we could all accept it. But because we've gone on such a bad run of form and we are, where are we, 10th in the table with, you know, two or three more games played than everyone else around us, it just feels so disheartening. And especially when, to come back to your points around the, the the decisions and you know you say to be an excuse merchant i don't like i'm looking at that and i was really really emotional about this game and one of my emotions was was anger around saka and how saka was mistreated in this game and re- referees have a a responsibility to protect players right and they have responsibility to keep the flow of the game going there is clearly and obviously some kind of call it an agenda, call it a plan, call it whatever you want to try and kick Saka. Okay, like that. That kick is him out of the game. And, and You've that's seen fine. Grealish do it three times and and not get booked. And 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 actually, you know that's that happens in games. You, you know, with with players like Saka who are okay a bit more, you know, physically, you know, not as big, all that sort of stuff. You think, okay, well, how do you stop them? Get physical with them. That's fine. That's that's cool. But when you have five, six, seven unchecked challenges where someone uses their hands to push someone out of the way where concert he's clean through on goal and you see you know comparisons of the exact same situations being taken off as red cards and the and, you know people on the commentary going oh it's not even a yellow when when you see moments like martinez pulling lacazette down with the shirt you're going i thought var was brought in to eradicate these things to take out the human error or to, to certainly to, to reduce that margin and it feels to me that VAR is now being used as some kind of 
like last resort or like some kind yeah, of like well you know in in some way you know we've got to back the referee until the hilt and then if he you know and if he doesn't call for it or if you know last you know absolutely last chance have a look at it why are they you've having got a look pe- at the it thing is as well you've got people like peter walton one trying to shift the blame on to lacazette saying that it's it's to do with lacazette the reason that emmy has got a handful of his shirt and his is literally pulling him to the floor and then also saying that VAR is not there to get the right decision. Like what <laughs> well, the fuck is video assistant referee there for? You know, and on these, look, we can talk about the concert thing. You don't want a game. Look, I'm perf. The thing is, is I'm perfectly fine with that challenge being a yellow card. I think it is a red by the letter of the law, but He's 45 yards from goal. It's like, that. that is a pill I can swallow. The pill I can't swallow is he's then made three more unchecked fouls. He's gone through the back of Lacazette. He's done worse to Lacazette than Gabriel did, right? And hasn't been sent off. This is the, that, that's the issue. And you're looking at people like Jack Grealish, right? Now, I love Jack Grealish, but I'm going to criticise him a hell of a lot today. And I tweeted this out. The reason that he is the most fouled player in the Premier League is he throws himself to the floor like a narcoleptic who's got a bit too excited. (laughs) Point number one about him. Two, he's put in three petulant challenges against Saka. Three. Doesn't get booked at all. It's then the 90th minute or the 94th minute. We've got a free kick. And he's been yellow carded for dissent and then continues to mouth off to the referee and doesn't get a second yellow and sent off. It's things like this that that genuinely make my blood boil because you, it and, you know, you've seen a lot of stats come out that, you know, I think it's the average um, the average foul number for a team to get a yellow card is nine and Arsenal get an, a yellow card roughly every five to six fouls. And and it, it, it's things like this that it's if you showed this level of incompetency in any other field and even in any other field within this profession, if you were a footballer, if you were a manager, if you were a data analyst, if you were a, um, a chairman, if if all of you would be sacked, you would people would people would have lot but referees constantly are not only making the wrong decisions but doubling down on them. And there's no retrospective punishment. You know, you're looking at people getting decisions like the Mane smacking Tierney in the face with a, with a, with a forearm as a yellow card and then has, has gone on to do the same thing again and send off David Luiz. And then the FA are doubling down on these decisions. And it's it, it just reeks. And look, I it's confirmation bias for me because I am an Arsenal fan. I watch Arsenal matches. And now this is happening. I'm going to look for it. But every team will be experiencing this. And if you listening to this, right, are a fan of any other club other than Arsenal, and you're you're not annoyed by this, then you're a fucking idiot. Because this will come back to bite your team. This will this will happen to every team, you know. Every single team in the Premier League has been on the on the back of a bad decision. We're just currently going through a phase where it feels like every week we're on the back of several terrible decisions. The refereeing in this country needs a revamp. The FA, like I, I, I am, 
I'm so disappointed that Arsenal haven't done what Southampton did in saying we don't want Mike Dean refing any more of our games. And we haven't done that. Come out against these things. I don't give a shit if you get fined. We've got multi-billionaire owners. Like, you're earning earning hundreds of thousands of pounds a week. Take the 10 grand hit and come out against it and try and push for reform and change because this is the only country where there's an issue with VAR and it's it's because we have idiots at the wheel. Well, can I can I can I just jump in? I like I I think it's yeah, there's a there's a there's a strong case on that. But what I what I think it is and I think that the the crux of this problem is is we're so keen for our referees to look omniscient and look as though they see everything, they know everything, they do everything. No, they're just blokes running around on a pitch who can't see everything. You how I'm not I'm not sat here blaming the linesman, the referee, the fourth official for not seeing Martinez pulling Lacazette. That happens, okay? But what I am saying is now we have all these these camera angles, why can't we go, hang on, VAR, one second, your, your referee's pulled your striker out of the way, There's, you, you, you've got to go and have a look at this. Or saying, or just saying, no, we, we're overruling you, that is, a, that, is, that is a penalty. That console moment, like... I'm not saying the referee needs to see everything be perfect. That happens. And obviously you every single incident there's going to be one other other side of it going, well yeah, but but and look at this, but but, but. there's there's arguments all around. But the point is is we have it's almost like having <laughs> it's almost like having um knowing where that final jigsaw piece is and watching someone doing the jigsaw and you're like, no, I can fucking see it. Like let me just yeah. we have all the camera angles, we have all of the data, like Let's be led by that. Like, why are we so yeah. keen to keep this like omnis, omnis, as I, and I keep saying omnipotent, omniscient referee? Oh my god, this referee who knows everything. But it's the thing. It's the FA. It's the FA and the referees that are that are keen to keep that in place. And my best mate from home is a massive rugby fan. And the way that they in, in and again, I've, I don't really watch a lot of rugby, um, but the way that they check is they go, "This is the decision I have made." Do you have the same decision up there from your point of view? And if there is a difference, they check it and then they decide what to go with together as a team. But what it seems like at the moment is Mike Dean, because he's the first ref that comes to mind, has gone, I'm awarding a penalty. What do you think? And it almost becomes that the the VAR ref is looking for every single reason to award that penalty rather than just looking at it objectively and going, actually, from the 12 angles that I've got, being able to slow it down and see everything, it's not a penalty. We're not using the system right. And even then, even if we sort VAR, it is not going... VAR is one issue currently. A big issue is the standard of refereeing. There is a reason that major tournaments like the Champions League, like the Europa League, like the World Cup, like the Euros, like the uh, Copper America, all of these tournaments do not have English referees. And that is because they are constantly getting decisions wrong. Like how many times should, there should have been about five or six Aston Villa players on yellow cards by the end of the match and one of them sent off. And you're looking at two of them on yellow cards. And it's just, it, it honestly just becomes a farce. It, like, it's, it's funny. Like, 
it's funny how bad it is. Yeah, and, and I think what you said earlier, like just to round round this off before we get into the game, because I know like <clears throat> conversations around refereeing and VAR, like they can become cyclical and dull, and we know it. Like we know we know there's problems with it. I think to round it off is this doesn't help anyone. This doesn't. It's not you know. Yes, of course we're Arsenal fans. We're going to be pissed off about the Arsenal decisions, but ultimately this system isn't working for football. So let's change it. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's get into the game then. So yeah, I mean we came out. Oh yeah, a lineup. I mean there's nothing really noticeable from the lineup. Um, we could see Ryan in. Um, I was concerned that Runison might be starting, but I mean nothing particularly that interesting. I think I exactly predicted it, and I was happy that Pepe got a chance. Um, Too right. Slightly, slightly interesting to see no Erdegaard again. Um, I I don't know if it is though because you're looking at new signing Smithrow playing well. I think it's it's almost. I think what we're forgetting is how good Smithrow has been. Yeah, in the last sure. few games. So it's it's the same as this Pepe situation in that it would be unfair to drop Smith Rowe, just like it would be unfair to drop Pepe for say Abamyang, purely on basis of form. And you know, he said, was it in the pre-match or that he that the players earned themselves the chance to go out again, which is the truth. You know, Pepe put in a great performance against Wolves, and it's no surprise that, and this is something we'll come on to later, that once we moved him bringing on a sub again it it, it it took the teeth out of us you know we he was getting into great positions and causing issues and then but that's that's something to come on to later but no i had no issues with the lineup yeah. I, I think it was what everyone thought it was going to be yeah for sure um so that first incident then yeah the we've, we've kind of dis- discussed it cedric it's an early kickoff it's uh you know th- th- there's there's a million different kind of uh, narratives you could form oh you know Cedric if it, if that's Tierney blah 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 I, it's a mistake it's a mistake Cedric's been decent he makes a mistake it, you know he doesn't close down the shot afterwards um, it's Holding a great ball doesn't cover his man Holding doesn't cover his man and it's an early goal and I don't think there's much Ryan can do because it comes off Holding so it's just very very frustrating but I think to kind of build a narrative around that goal feels kind of nebulous it, it, it just feels nebulous to me it's, it's just like well that's what that it was it was harmless really it's just it was a, it was a mistake and you know and but then I think even the commentator said also on NBC which I was watching um the commentator said oh you know it feels like we've like they villa started with the one nil up and the game hasn't really begun like the you know the first sort of opening passages were a bit you know cagey and whatever um I just want to highlight uh Matty Cash and and kind of maybe bring it on to to a Bellerin conversation 23 years old Premier League experience, uh, homegrown. I don't don't mind the I don't mind him. He's strong. No. He's good. He's good one v one. He's good in the air. He's got great delivery. Um, a couple of moments he really snuffed out Pepe on that left hand side. Um, and yeah, I, I I just think you know why not buy from within the league, especially when you know I'd absolutely uh, take him, but I don't think we'll get him. The time to buy him was when he was at Nottingham Forest, you know, the, in the summer. Yeah, this is and the I, thing. I, I tweeted this out. How did how did nobody go for a run at Ollie Watkins? How did no, like twenty million for friggin' Martinez is a steal? Yeah, like it's it, it just like why are, like, and this is what frustrates me about Arsenal. We're spending. You know, your 45 millions on party. He's worth every penny. But like, I think, did he cost them 5 million quid? I'm going to go on Transfer Marks and check. But for who? 
you're talking about um, for Matty Cash. I, it wasn't expensive. Yeah. I just think it's an interesting, you know, just to watch again another fullback in the league who's better than Bellerin, who's our captain. Um, I, think... I don't think that's difficult, though. No, 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 for, it's not. But I think it, someone, someone tweeted, I think it was um, Ticketaka Connor or maybe on his... Yeah, um, he tweeted, uh, Bellerin, our captain, we're literally asking to come 10th. And I think it, it's so true. If that's your captain... And you're going out, and you're going. Well, you know, Bellerin is the is 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 is, our, is the leader. Fourteen million. Yeah, Bellerin's the leader of this team. Yeah. He's he's so limited, so 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 limited. And I, if he could actually kick a football, he'd be decent. But the issue is, he can't. He just can't kick a football. Like he's just not just, good at just, kicking a football. <laughs> it's basic. I think he's very. He's just very technically limited. He, he also just kind of. I think when he's in tight spaces, he often takes the opportunity to just absolutely hoof it down the line. Uh, we, and we lose the ball. He's, his decision-making in the final third is absolutely woeful. To be honest, there's a moment when he got through and I just thought, don't, all I, I said out loud, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up. Because you're not going, oh, here's a great chance. You're going, Bellerin, just make the right decision. Make the right decision. It's like the pass to Saka that he literally passes to the, to the Villa player. And I, I literally just, I, I, I was fuming. I, I was like, I said a few choice things and told him to fuck off I think but um, you're looking at like it's just and I also tweeted out that this all makes the decision to not get to let Maitland-Niles and not get left back cover in just even more baffling and you know you know my opinions on the whole money for party bollocks but where why aren't we invest like I'm not saying that we need to go out and spend 15 million pound on a new left back now but why didn't we get a loan in? Why? Yeah, I don't. What What was the What was the purpose of loaning out Maitland Niles to you know? Because at the end of the day, Tierney's down injured, um, hasn't been involved in training yet, so obviously isn't back. So we're going to see Cedric there for a while. What if Cedric gets injured? We we, we, you know, we, we we we're just putting ourselves and it's and it's it, it is it is irresponsible for us not to just loan in Bertrand for six months and give them two million quid to do it. Like I don't like it's just it ah oh, it honestly I'm just it just I, like it's almost like a baffling. I feel like utterly baffled by the last few days. And you you know there's a lot of similarities with Liverpool's situation at the moment in that they knew that Van Dyke was out. They knew that Matip was out. They thought he was going to come back. Turns out he's out to the end of the season. But realistically, they needed at least one centre-back in anyway. But they didn't do that on January the 1st. And now they've lost their unbeaten home record. And they've lost two on the bounce at home to Burnley and to Brighton. But the difference is Liverpool then get two in on the final day. No. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And this is what I'm saying. And then they've gone. We've got like... Obviously, I think they should have gone on January the 1st and gotten at least one of the two centre-backs in because I think you need one anyway. But they've gone, okay, we know Matip's out till the end of the season, so we're going to get two in. We've just sent our left-back cover out on loan and we've got two right-backs and a left-back and that's it. And it's, it's, oh. Yep, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And also, you know, and then, you know, you're going, how bizarre. And then you, you know. (laughs) 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 That's two guys who have spent too much time on TikTok. Um, yeah, and then you're looking at, okay, well, well, you know, but Saka can cover at left back. We don't, he's, he's our best player, mate. We, we, need, yeah. we need him up front. We need him on that um, right wing because we look shit without him. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. Listen, we were playing some nice, you know, one-two touch stuff. I thought some of the deliveries, we, we appear to be doing this thing where we play it, and I noticed it with David Luiz, so maybe it's a function of our LCB, but where we play balls in, especially from corners from the right-hand side to the back post for Gabriel to head it in, or free kicks from the right-hand side for Gabriel to head it in. It it might work, but we did it like four times in a row, and I was like, guys, or exactly attempted it, and it just, it, it was a bit of a strange thing I noticed, and I wonder whether that will continue because, it, I don't know, we just became a bit predictable from set pieces, I think. And this is why maybe that we're not finding as much joy as we might. Because uh, we do get a lot of set pieces and it would be good to kind of capitalise on them. Um, the Yeah, to be honest, it just felt like individual errors that cause our problems. And there's something I want to come on to in News and Views, which Xhaka talks about. Um, but it is, that, it is that feeling that, you know, Lacazette's clean through, well, not clean through, but Lacazette's through and he, you know, he's got Pepe to his left and Saka to his right and he dithers and dithers and there's a great moment and he doesn't quite get there. And it's, it feels like, you know, three or four of these kind of, as we talked about before, 80 percenters not making the right decisions at the right time yeah, just cause most of our issues and it feels yeah, and so And this is another game where, we, where we've beaten ourselves. Like, yeah. Villa didn't beat us. We beat ourselves. Villa did, they had a couple of chances. You know, I thought Matt Ryan put in a great performance today. And if I'm honest, I wouldn't mind if if he's, if there's still a rift at Brighton, I wouldn't mind signing him on a permanent in the summer. You know, having him as the backup, perfectly fine option. Obviously, that's recency bias. He's played one game for us. Could be shite for the rest of the season. But we'll see. But we are, and look, you're good. People are going to make mistakes. You know, you're looking at, you know, Liverpool, who won the league last season and the Champions League the season before. Some of their players, you know, Sadio Mane is not having a great time of it. But, the, like, it's going to happen. The issue is, is we've got too many people making these mistakes. And it's, they're, they're, I think this is a reality check that the purple patch that we've just gone through in January is a purple patch for this team. We obviously should have won the Wolves game, and we ha- if we if we purely base kind of and judge our starting eleven, we've got a decent starting eleven, but there are just too many members of the squad that lack the mentality moving forward. Hector Bellerin, I'm always reminded of an interview or an article where he says that Alexis Sanchez asked for too much from the squad. And that is the kind of mentality that we need to get in the bin. What this team misses is a Patrick Vieira, Roy Keane, like general, absolute, ruthless mentality in a in a single player. And I, I just don't think we have that. We need one guy who is going to tell Hector Bellerin to shut the fuck up and to just do his job. And the same with all of these other players, because we, we lack grit in some of these moments. And you're damn right that nobody is making that Suarez mistake with a Roy Keane in the squad because they're going to get chewed the fuck out. And I don't think that's always helpful because we obviously came into the conversation about hairdryer treatment, how we're moving forward. But no, but they, 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 there is a there is a lack of elite winner. There, there is a reason we miss Kieran Tierney so much because he has an elite winner's mentality and will settle for nothing less. And there are just too many players in this current squad that are settlers. Your Granite Jackers, 
your Hector Bellerins, these players that will hold the team back because of their mentality. Yeah, yeah, I I agree that there's a that there appears to be a lack of conviction from a lot of these players. That appears to be a lack of, and that comes out in the individual errors and it comes out in the decision making and. I think, you know, yes, we have moved away from the kind of the hair dryer treatment and stuff, but we haven't moved away from people taking accountability for what they should be doing. Like, yeah. that's all that should always be there. Um, you look at the impact of someone like Bruno, and now I'm sounding like you talking about other clubs, but the you look at the impact of someone like Bruno coming into United, you can see that he is, and even like you watch like Barkley walking off, absolutely raging he's been taken off. And Cristiano you, Ronaldo. Got took, taken off for like 15 minutes when they were 3-0 up. And he's seething with Andrea Perlo and you're doing Yeah. And, and uh, there's always a negative side to that. And there can be a negative side. But I don't see any players in our team, apart from the ones you mentioned, such as, you know, maybe Tierney and... and <sighs> it's a pretty short list of players who I feel like if they... if You know, is, is Cedric Suarez going to go home and think, fucking hell, why did I make that mistake? And watch it over and over and go, fucking hell, I'm going to work so much harder and not do that again. I don't think he is. Is Willian going to go, I made I made two progressive passes in this game and 14 out of successful passes were like backwards or something like that? No, I don't think he cares. And, and it's not, And it, it, I know it gets into a conversation of, well, they don't care. Get them all out. They're all rubbish. It's not no, that. They, some of them don't. But it. I think it, the thing. we some are Some of coming, them don't care. But we're coming back to the same conversations that we always have around this Arsenal group, which, you know, feels like we've been having them for years now, which is just that the culture may be shifting, but hasn't shifted. Um, yeah, because and, there are still hangovers from that. Like, Bellerin is a massive hangover from that culture. You know, Jacques has been in it. Bellerin, this is the thing. Like, and people like, you know, Bellerin dictates the culture. Bellerin dictates yeah. the he's, he's been there. He's Lacazette, one, he's William, Abramiang. He's, he's the club's longest serving player. You're telling me he doesn't have an influence on the dressing room. You know, a guy who comes in and, you know, I, I hate to dig out Bellerin. I like the guy. But you're not going to catch Roy Keane being creative director of VA Sports. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Uh, hey, listen, I, I, I'm I'm always for footballers because, like, you know, they train, what, 10 to 3 or whatever, and they go home. Like, do whatever you want. But do I believe that Hector Bellerin... The point is, is you can be creative director as long as you, you know, you're playing well on the pitch. Do I believe Hector Bellerin's going home tonight, re-watching his game and going, I should do that? No. No. No, not at all. So, so yeah. And, and you know, anyway, <laughs> let's, get, let's get back to the game. Um, Emmy, unbelievable save from Xhaka. Let's not talk about it. It hurts. Um, I yeah, said it. I think I the, said it. Yeah, it did. is. You know his distribu his distribution is it hurts, Brad. Phenomenal. Like, no, why no. have we done this? And I understand why we've done this because obviously shorter contract. But at the end of the day, like this is why I just want us to. I think I hope that is the mistake that we learn from and that just turns us more ruthless. Like. I'm done with Aubameyang now. I want him sold in the summer. I don't give a shit. Like, it's a hot take, whatever. But he is another one that just doesn't look like he cares. And he's, and there is a moment when the ball comes into him and he just flaps his foot at it and it, sla- it goes under it. And then, you know, Emmy takes the ball off the toe of Odegaard. And I just go, why are you actually here? What are you offering us? It is nothing. 
Something my partner said, which I really agree with, is she feels as though the Arteta decision to keep Leno over Martinez was made out of what would, what's an easier thing to square to the guys, to the people. Yeah. It's easier to square to a guy who is a, is a, is a number one already, or you're going to stay as a number one, and the guy's been number two, thanks for your great run of form, but we don't need you anymore. It's a lot harder to go, do you know what, guys? You're going to fight it out. But even then, you know, it's, it, it, is a, it is a mentality thing as well. Arteta, according to Emmy Martinez, told Emmy that he had 95% chance of starting against Fulham. But Emmy went, it's not 100%, so I'm going. That's the mentality we need. <laughs> and that, that is the mentality we need. Yeah. Respect for Leno. He's been a decent servant to the club. But I, he's not a club legend. He's not really won us anything. I, I don't care about you. And I, I think on 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 kind of that point about it's. I don't think it's about squaring it to the to the uh, the goalkeepers themselves because at the end of the day, if you're going to fucking sell Leno and get rid of him, whatever. But it, it's more how do, it's. I think it, it it delves into the point of how do you square that to the team? And I think that there are a lot of members of this team that would look at that and go. But why is, you know, I could imagine yeah. Granit Xhaka or Hector yeah. Bellerin Leno's kicking the up a fuss for their he? mate Leno. Yeah. Yeah. Leno's yeah. the number And And That's that is point. the mentality really that is, is cancerous yeah. to this and it's, club. It becomes, a, it, yeah. becomes about, it becomes reputation. It becomes length of time. It doesn't matter if you're not performing. If you're, and as you said earlier, if you're not doing your job, <laughs> ironically, you said if you're not doing your job, you're, you're sacked. Turns out these players might be uh, exceptions to that rule as well. Um, anyway, right. Let's yeah. Let's get back to the game. Um, this it's clearly uh, for me. It, it's it, if it's not a red, it's certainly a very very orangey looking yellow for concert on Saka's. He's, he's clean through, um, and uh, you know the conversations are. It's not even a yellow. Ridiculous. He's clean through on goal. It's, it's a clear foul. Saka's being kicked out of the game, but we've we've kind of discussed that. Um, I wondered, and I'd love to know. Can you look up when the last time a player got sent off against us was? I'd love to know that. Uh, FA Cup final. So in the entire league this year, we have not had one person sent off against us. I, I, I'm Googling it now, but I'm telling you it's the FA Cup final. Okay. Um, I thought Holding, uh, again, had a pretty decent game. He looked like he was sort of playing Cam at some point, And he had a really nice pass with his right foot out to, I think it might have been Saka on the edge of the box um yeah just something i thought was quite funny but but to talk about holding more specifically i think in this game he's really showing his aerial prowess he won a lot of his aerial duels and he also it's interesting to kind of look at set pieces and what i said earlier about you know i think we need to start capitalizing on our set pieces we get a lot of set pieces holding does really well in the air and i again it's like i I wonder what he's doing on the training ground because i'd love if i was arteta i'd be going Rob, you get in great positions. Can we stay for ten minutes after every training session and just do heading drills? Just you, you getting, getting, getting some balls in. Um, maybe they do that. I don't know, but but it just feels like an area for improvement. I thought, um, to be honest, KG first half, back and forth. FA um, Cup final. It is the FA Cup final. It was in the entirety of this season. Not a single player has been sent off against Arsenal, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. How many games is that? 23. 23 games. 23 league games. That's also that's that is including every single cup game. Every single cup game. 
it's like it's one of those things so you're it's talking not the, the you're talking about the six games for the Europa League so it's 29 you're talking about the the FA Cup games so that's an extra two that's 31 we got to what the quarterfinals of the League Cup so that's another f- three four games so you're talking about 34 35 games yeah um I just thought when we headed in for half time I, I was feeling the need for Erdegaard um, just because we were getting some joy in that kind of right half space, especially towards the end of the first half, and Erdegaard's really good in it. Um, yeah, I, I, I just it was it was an, it was a it was a thought I had, and I, I kind of felt as we moved into the second that he should have been moved on earlier, um, and and he was brought on eventually, obviously. But again, I think that the changes, the substitutes we created it eventually by the end we we had a really lovely like nice period from sort of around 55 minutes to about 70 we were massively on top we looked like scoring with every every opportunity um Erdegaard blazes over i think to kind of end that end that run of 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 chances but what i did feel was after that we kind of moved to two players i mean Willian who is literally a right winger trying to cut in and Pepe out on the right trying to cut in, and it just narrowed the spaces, and it created a, a situation where we're we're just trying to cut in against Villa. And I was looking, you know, where's the centrality? The reason we and I was thinking, why aren't we going central? And I realised the reason we're not going central is because they have the centre covered because they know then what Pepe, what's Pepe going to do? Skip past you on the on the uh, past your left back? No, he's not. He's going to try and cut in. What's William going to do as a right winger? He'll try and cut in. So it just felt like a slightly strange decision. Um, and we were better second half. We, I mean, we were winning duels that we weren't before. And there's some nice one-twos from, you know, Lacazette drawing space for Saka and Pepe. But to be honest, I think what sums it up is is Willian seeing a lot of the ball at the end says something. Because it's like, if you're Villa, they just shut us down really well. And if you're Villa, okay, who do you want on the ball? And that was that was also, I think that was also our fault. You know, why... Oh God, why are we bringing on? And I think this is where Arteta has to take a portion of the blame for the latter stages of it. Why are we taking off? Um, why are we bringing on? Sorry, Willian, when we've got Martinelli on the bench. When you, when you need a goal, there is that. You know, there there is, and again, we've spoken about it. So I don't want to bang on about it, but the Kia Jurabshin links really worry me about this club. Really, really do because. Willian has shown us nothing since the first game of the season and we're deciding to bring him on when we are in desperate need of energy, of pace, of tenacity over a guy who showed in the last four games that he has all of those things. Why are we bringing on Aubameyang at centre-forward? Why aren't we bringing on Martinelli first? That felt strange. A lot of of those decisions felt strange. These two decisions feel feel very strange. the, The Aubameyang one I can understand. Tech, he's the club captain and he's on a hell of a lot of money. The Willian one is the one that I go, this is Kia. And, you know, it's it's all kind of conspiracy theory because nobody Get the clacks announced. Warning. But Conjecture ahead. There is, there is something going on at this club for that man to keep playing in an Arsenal shirt over players like Martinelli who have yeah. proved themselves more useful in the last Yeah, month. you wonder if it's a contractual thing. I don't know. I really don't know. I think what was strange though is, you know, Arteta, you know, by the way, we should mention, let's mention that in a second about party. Just to come back to what we were just talking about, the the, the movement from Arteta to, to bring on so many attacking players just felt a little bit, um, 
last not last chance. It, 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 if he if he's if his job was under threat at the moment, it would be a concerning sign. It would be a, okay, he's given up kind of sign. Um, it just you know bringing on Erdegaard, Abamyang, and Willian just felt a bit and taking off you know a fullback and taking off a centre mid, albeit forced. Um, you know, just I, I think you know bringing on a Sabios or bringing on a. I don't know, just something to give us a bit more structure, a bit more life in that mid. It just felt, it just felt like a very strange decision to just put a lo- on a load of wingers and see what happened. It just felt a little bit, I don't know, strange. But yeah, let's, and on party, um, not his best or his worst game, but I think um, concerning, uh, as well as Tierney as well, but concerning on party on the injury history. Uh, I think you know he missed something. You know I don't know what the stats are, but he's had like one. I don't think one injury or yeah, something. He missed five. He he missed five games before joining Arsenal, and you know has missed a ridiculous amount now. And but I think the issue is is if you look at the um, with Thomas Party, if and you look and even Kieran Tierney, you look at the the where they were, they were in systems and squads where they could be rotated. We've. And this is why it is even more baffling that we've not brought in left-back cover. Because you, there is a certain... And it's the same with Saka. We're going to see his form drop off because he's fucking knackered. You're right, mate. Sorry, I just had a bit of a hiccup there. Because he's, he's knackered, you know? And what it reminds me of is um, a really... It's a really funny um, AFTV interview where it's this guy who gets quite emotional. He's like, they're booing Cazola off the pitch when he only got off the plane Ecuador. from Ecuador. He's bloody he's knackered. Bloody knackered. <laughs> Ecuador. But, no, but he's right. And this is the point. We're playing our... Um, because it's out of necessity, but we are playing our players to the point of burnout. And in a league where we haven't had a proper preseason, where there hasn't been enough breaks, where we're playing too much football too quickly this is why we are and it's it's not a surprise it's happening to every club of course the van dyke injury is from a freak tackle from pickford but you're looking at the matip injury the fabinho injury you're looking at city they went what a month without playing with an actual designated striker there are a lot of clubs suffering injuries at the moment and it is no surprise but our issue is is we're suffering more injuries to our key players because we're not rotating them enough yeah and and that's a squad management thing, and I do understand that. But like equally, you look like you look at that like Villa side, that back four fairly settled, and that you know Grealish and McGinn have played ba- pretty, and Watkins have basically played all the minutes. I know Martinez is a keeper, but he's played them too. So I I, like there's a part of me, yeah. But Barkley's coming off at seventy minutes. Yeah, 60 there, there's minutes. a there's definitely there will be games where Grealish comes I've, off at sixty minutes. I agree. Minutes. There's a management. We're thing. getting our yeah, but we're getting ourselves into a situation where we're chasing games. So some of the players that we're taking off are less important to taking Thomas Party out of this team and taking Kieran Tierney out of this team is a bigger drop-off than taking Nicola Pepe out of this team, than taking Aubameyang out of this team. than take Because at the end of the day, the club, is, the club is stocked with wingers. We've got Alba and Lacazette. Neither of them are of the requisite quality, but we have two of them. We have no one else like Kieran Tierney, and we have no one else like Thomas Partey. We're subbing off the wrong players because we're in a situation where we need them still on the pitch at 70 minutes. But... I I understand that and I agree and I and I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm making a separate point. These players, okay, they haven't had a preseason, and that's 
that mostly why, but there is a there is a thought in the back of my mind going, shouldn't you be able to handle this? Like party constantly getting muscular injuries, new league, but but it's all these also sorts a of things, and, of and how 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 quick we're rushing them back as well. Yeah, yeah okay, and, then, I, and I'm not again, I'm not disagreeing with all of those, and I'm saying that those are bigger factors. A hundred percent, I'm agreeing with you on that. Mm-hmm. I'm also saying. There's a concern for me, as well as all of those things around management and and rushing them back and all that sort of stuff and the preseasons, that we're the players themselves. Like, I don't know. I, I don't. Wanna, I don't. Wanna, this sounds like I'm blaming them. It's like three percent of my yeah. So, look, it's like injuries and injuries. Like, th- like <laughs> no, but it's it's three percent of my concern around it. But I do want to bring up like a lot of other players ha- have gone through the exact same situation and are fine. Like I don't think it's completely out of our control. Like we, like I, I don't know what we're doing in rehabilitation. Like I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying that we appear to be very, you know, T and E and party constantly in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. The players have responsibility to look after themselves and to say when they don't feel ready. Like, and I understand you're always going to say, yeah, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, boss. But, but like, I think sometimes injuries feel like solely the club's fault and solely the. The, the fault of this, this, the, the squad management or solely the fault of the fixture list, there is a bit that's on the players. And I wonder, it's a bit harsh, I get I get it, but like I wonder how much we should put on the players. Because like, party needs to keep himself fit, man. Like, I, my, my patience is running out. Of course, but here's the thing. It's not fitness. It's not fitness. It's muscular injury. So party, I think, is one that where the conversation is both around, look... It's unlucky that he got an injury in his first few months. What we then did, look, if if uh, Thomas Partey has come from playing Champions League football, challenging for La Ligas, challenging for Champions League football, uh, like winning Champions Leagues, like pushing for them, to playing in a squad in the Europa League who are currently fucking 14th, for Christ's sake. But if you are that kind of player, you have a certain kind of mentality where you want to play. And there is a certain amount of safeguarding that the club needs to do around an asset. We've seen it with Harry Kane. Harry Kane will constantly bring himself back three weeks too early from an injury. And that's why his injuries are so recurrent and they're always in the same places. We as a club, before that Tottenham game, should have just gone, we're not playing you. You're going to take another two weeks off. We'll bring you back after. And then we wouldn't have lost them again. Agree. The Kieran Tierney one, this is his first injury you know, since the the hernia issue he had when he came. So again, players are going to go down with injury. And if you're looking at the type of players that are going down in our squad, I can't speak for others. They're the ones doing the hard yards. Tierney is bombing up that left-hand side, whipping crosses and bombing back. It's no surprise that he's he's going to be one of the most susceptible to getting a, a twisted knee or a muscle issue during the course of a season. The issue is, is that we have not currently got the strength and depth to rotate those players out so that those injuries become less frequent. I don't think it's entirely the club's fault. I don't think it's the player's fault. It, it's it's almost a bit of like, uh, not serendipity, but sod's law. You know, what, what, what can happen will happen. It's going to be a moment where a Martinelli is going to slip in, you know, just before a game and have to be taken out because he's injured himself. But the issue is, is we do not currently in those two positions, the Thomas Party position and the Tierney position, to to bring in players of the required quality to replace them or to rotate with them. 
I think as a club, we handled the party issue wrong because of course Thomas Party is going to want to play. He's a brand new £45 million signing who's probably going to want to prove himself to a certain point to our fan base. And, you know, f- fair enough. But we have to safeguard that asset. And I'm not saying that he would have changed the run that we went on in November and December where we were fucking terrible. But just imagine if we'd had him for that whole of the run, even if we lost the Spurs game as well. Just right up the, the Spurs game we were losing before Party got injured. So if we take him out of that and we lose the game, nothing's changed. But we might have Party for that run going on and we might pick up points that we shouldn't have dropped. And I think that that's where the club has got it slightly wrong in certain issues. But I, I it, it's a learning process. There, there is a hell of a lot of football that's being played at the moment, and with a lot of there, there are. I read, I read something that there are currently more injuries, obviously, than ever before in the Premier League when it comes to just injuries per team across the whole season and serious injuries as well. You're looking at Van Dyke's going to be uh, has been out and will probably be out till the end of the season. Matip's out to the end of the season. Only reason I know those two things is because I was reading an article about Liverpool's defender crisis today. Um, you know, Party's been down three times now with muscular issues. Tierney's been out. It's, it is no surprise that this is happening. What is annoying is that we are not preparing correctly for it. I want to be super clear. Absolutely agree with what you're saying. I'm also apportioning a small bit of blame to the player. And, and I, I think it, maybe it will sound harsh, but like... Okay, wait, can I ask you a question then? Go on. F- in essence, for what... Because it's not a fitness issue. It's a muscular issue. But the, if you're overworked, this is the thing, mate. Like, if you're coming back from an injury, only you have your body, right? You Only you know how mm-hmm. your body feels. So if your manager says, do you... And Mikel Arteta is not going to... When you're coming back from an injury, I absolutely guarantee you, no manager will say, you're playing, I don't care what you think. Th- th- Other than maybe Jose Mourinho. <laughs> maybe. But Arteta will say, how do you feel? And the player will go, yeah, I feel great, boss. I'm I'm just I, saying I understand I'm what just saying, saying what like saying. if you've gone down four times with the same injury, at some point you have to take a little bit of do you know what, maybe I've rushed myself back. And that's all of it course. is. That's all I'm saying. Of course. But but, no, but, I, I, but I, yeah. I headline headline point, no preseason, headline point we we squad mismanagement, headline point, headline point. Mm-hmm. But I just I do think the whole narrative is always around that and I go, yeah, but there's a bit of that. Anyway, um anything else on the game, Brad? Oh, we should do oh we're gonna do our one up, one down. Yes. So this is uh we're just gonna do a new thing to round off the game analysis of one up, one down, one positive, one negative, just that you're gonna take from today. Uh would you like to go first or I or would you like me to go first? You can get first, Brad. Uh, my one up, my positive is I I feel like we've solved our our winger kind of not issue, but um, I'm really really pleased with the progression that I'm seeing from Nicola Pepe on the left and Saka on the right. Uh, I think that those two positions are for me locked. I think th- those two are some of the first names on the team sheet, and I'm really really happy with the progress that I'm seeing from both of those players. Um. And I guess my one down is um, I'm feeling disappointed in Suarez, Cedric, uh, because 
hyped him up after the last game. I thought, he, I thought, you know, he's been playing really, really well. And I'm just disappointed that um, he didn't play particularly well in this game. Uh, but I don't think that's a thing going forward. That's just a current down. I mean, I could say that Bellerin has the athleticism of a corpse. Uh, but do you know what? I'm sorry, but it's such a shame that Bellerin can't kick a football because some of his attacking positioning is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a his shame. Underlapping he, is really it's nice. such a shame he can't kick a football. I... <laughs> mm. uh, I'm going to do my down so we finish running up. Uh, my down is... We should have thought about this before I opened my mouth. But, you know, that's that's kind of that's how life, we do mate. it here. We just, we just free, we free ball it. We, we free wheel. Uh, my down is probably Aubameyang. Um, I think, again, he, he wasn't bad, but he's come on again in another game and not imp- impacted another game um, and not necessarily got in the right positions to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's slightly concerning. My up is uh, Matt Ryan. Oh yeah, I think we've now got we've now got some decent backup. Listen, as you said earlier, it's only one game, but you know it's it's some it's great an, saves in there. Some great saves, especially one late on from Grealish, which was really really good. That um, takes so a deflection as well. Takes a deflection from Bellerin. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else on the game, Brad? Um, wait, let me just check my notes. Um, no, I don't think so. Did you hear them playing Sweet Caroline at the end? Oh, fuck off. Dickheads. Don't talk to me about that, wankers. <laughs> Back after this. News and views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views. My, my favourite thing about this, right, sorry, <laughs> is that there is no break. And you do this little reset of, we'll be back after this. And you go. Uh, it's honestly the last few. It's been my. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. No, cut it out. I just wanted to tell you that. Nah, let's leave it. In. Let's leave it. In. It's funny. <laughs> um, but mostly ours. Um, we've had a comment in from Jack Cherms, who is at Jack. Cherms. Hello, Jackie, mate. Hello, Jack Cherms, who says, "Why the fuck?" Why TF? That's it. Why the fuck? <laughs> He says, why the fuck are we not setting up properly? How many games are we conceding in the first 10 or 15 minutes? Set up ultra-defensive, possession play, then slowly build. Concede early and we are under pressure from the get-go, chasing the game. Completely agree. Completely agree. I think there's, yeah. I, I would I would love to know the stats on it, but I'm, I, it's one of those kind of fi- gut feelings that that is something we, we do. We seem to concede a lot of early goals. I don't think, I think the setup is the wrong thing to be... Um almost irked at i think it's the yeah, concentration Jack. no because i think if you're it depends on what you're what you're talking about in like setup because i think formation wise we found a good formation and first 11 wise we found a good first 11 it's just we don't start with the required intensity we don't start switched on and i don't give a shit that it's an early kickoff i don't give a shit it's a late we, we're just not starting we're taking 15 minutes to build into games i think the one thing that i want to kind of just lay off to the side is the fact that we started so well against Wolves and I feel like our start in this game is from a hangover of that game you know there's a lot of yards in those legs that they had to cover because two men were sent off but I do agree that a lot this season we have not started with the required intensity do you know what it's almost felt like there's like there's this thing on fucking FIFA Ultimate Team where like um Classic or Brad like, or, ju- or just like or, no 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 but ju- it it this is what it feels like to me it feels like a goal I would concede concede on that where the AI doesn't switch on quick enough 
So if you get the if from a goal kick, you have more of a chance of scoring because the AI hasn't picked itself up and started controlling the other players well enough yet. And it's almost like that. We're just not all of our players are just switched on fully enough yet. And they're not switched on to the dangers that are around them. And we do just need to. And it is a mental. I think it again speaks to a mentality thing because it is this it is the usual suspects that are not switched on early enough. Uh, and I think that as we start to weed the culture and the mentality out, that will change. But it fucking annoys me because all you have to do is just do what you're doing. Like, just wake up. Wake up. Um, yeah. It's time to go. <laughs> that's that's a really weird reference. I'd never make that. Um, the, <laughs> the, yeah, I agree, mate. I, th- I think also, like, I know it sounds really stupid, but I think a game being at 5.30 compared to being at 12.30 is quite like there's a bit imagine you going i'm playing football at 12 30 or i'm playing football at 5 30 today at five aside it's do you know what i mean like it, it does matter yeah but but again like the th- okay okay right but these people get paid millions no right? no no just wake I, they up do. earlier have another coffee like like <laughs> have a red bull <laughs> i like no no but genuinely like for example, when when you have an audition at twelve thirty versus when you have an audition at five thirty, we're actors. If if you didn't know, you probably wake up earlier. Like for me, I'll wake up genuinely, and this is just because I'm weird. If I've got an audition at twelve thirty, I will wake myself up at four o'clock in the morning. I will set an alarm and I'll get up to get my body warm and so that I am ready to. That is my job to be ready for those rooms, right? It is the same as these play. That, like, I don't give a shit if it's at 12.30 versus 5.30 versus 8.30. It is your job to be ready for that game. You haven't played for four days, so just get up earlier. Get yourself in a situation where you are ready to start the game at 12.30, like you're starting a game at 8.30. Agree, but... Other teams can do it. Other teams are doing it. Agree, but they also do stick to a regular training schedule, and therefore games that come earlier will impact on the plan and the match plan. And you can't just be like, "I'll get up at four a.m. today," and then no, of course, tonight I'll be knackered, so then I'll go to bed early and then wake. Uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a, it's a, it's a there's a knock on effect for those things, and I, I do understand what you mean though. Like, I yes, you should prepare yourself, but I do think there is a small. I, it's about as much as the players should take responsibility for their injuries and Ty saying that the it was it's been raining you know it's I mean? been like, raining it's about as much as that but like i do think it, it, does, it does play a factor um so uh another thing i wanted to bring up with you bradley is have you read the uh granite jacket interview in the guardian uh i've 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 read um no so the- <laughs> i've read quotes no let's just put uh, it that so- <laughs> way i've seen quotes and read quotes and that's it I have looked at the article on the preview, uh, so the <laughs> I now know about it. I don't. I don't. It's mate. It, I know does, what the Guardian. Wait, is. can I yep. can I blame this on a paywall? Does the Guardian have a paywall? You can't, Brad. Oh, fuck, fuck, shit. Uh, so it's basically it's just an interview about social media um, and his chat with Arteta. It's a really really good interview. I retweeted it on the Different Knock podcast uh, Twitter. Um, if you want to go have a little. As a side note to this, also. Um, I haven't mentioned them in a while, so I feel like I need to chuck the token mention in there. Who was the it? kickoff did a video on this and about oh. kind of the... Um, and I, one of the people that's normally on there, Rory, that I mentioned a few episodes ago, that I didn't like the way that he was handling a point or whatever, like social media has become quite cancerous around. And 
I actually wanted to chat to you about this. One thing, I, and sorry to cut you off. One thing I feel like we've lost in the game is is the camaraderie of, I remember the Chelsea Bayern uh, Champions League final. One of my good mates is a Chelsea fan. I watched the games, the game with him and I was a Chelsea fan for that game. Like I wanted England, like the English yeah. club to do well. And I do think that that is dead in the game. And social media is partly to blame for that but some of the shit people get like they were saying that like they turn it they turn it onto their families and say like you know yeah. like, and they and they say like like shit about like this rory guy's got a kid and they'll say stuff about his wife and his kid like if you're doing that just go and fuck yourself yeah like, whether i got, agree or, like it's just horrible jack has got i think it says somewhere in here that jack has got like a literally like a seven month old child and he it got abuse um, but the attacks on my wife and the targeted comments about my daughter. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, it's basically, it's an article about his kind of, um, his experience post Crystal Palace stuff and uh, all about like him, his interview with, uh, his interview, his uh, chat with Arteta when Hertha Berlin were interested and when he came in, all that sort of stuff. But the, the bit I want to highlight, it's an interesting little interview, go give it a read. But, and there's a whole discussion, as you say, around the social media stuff. But the, the bit I want to highlight is this. He says, um, it was the first time I had met him, Arteta. I had no prior knowledge of him as a man or a coach, but we had a really great one-to-one chat. Very open, very positive, very long. He looked deep into me, into my thinking, and he persuaded me that we should go on together, stick with each other. <laughs> it's a bit homoerotic, isn't it? Stick with each other on this Arsenal project. I'm happy that I made the decision. Mikel is an unbelievably good coach who puts a huge amount of detail into his work. We have individual discussions for every match, a plan about what is expected for that game. He even hands out an individual match plan to each player. We are always very well prepared for our opponents. I promise I'll stop reading in a second. It's just turning into narration, but it's all it's all relevant. The individual This is uh, why he gets the voiceover work. That's why I want to go on, guys. Uh, <laughs> the, in- <laughs> the individual work he does with every player, that's the trick. And after the match, there is a very detailed analysis of what's been done. Who was where, as far as the opponents go, work on our offensive line, where each person should stand. And this detail is a huge advantage for me. Also, when you're without the ball, it gives you a great advantage for the anticipation of the opponent's movements. So I just thought it was a really interesting insight into how Arteta does things. Handing out individual match plans to each player. Um, saying an unbelievably good coach with a huge amount of detail into his work. You know, Jack is no... You know, he's... He's worked with a lot of coaches. Um, so listen, I I kind of wanted to just highlight that and, and note that about Mikel, which is interesting. Um, wonder what his match plan was for today. Um, but I also wanted to kind of bring out a little discussion about Xhaka. I read that and for some reason I thought about it and I went, can Xhaka be our Jordan Henderson? No. No. Okay. Okay. Can I put forward my 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 case for it? Go for it. Go for it. So I think in the same way that in many ways that Jordan Henderson signed what was it, you know, 10, 10 years ago for Liverpool or something like that. Henderson Was it? Yeah, yeah, Jesus. yeah. He's been there a long time. And and Jack has been here since what, 2015. Yeah. For a long time, maligned by the fans, never with the same kind of discipline issues, but you know, kind of you'll never be as good as Gerard. You know, he had his own kind of, you know, problems and, and quality quality questions that Jack has faced and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Alongside party in that double pivot, I think Jack has found his best form. And he's also a kind of um there's a clip you sent me in the week of Henderson, uh you can hear some on on field encouragement from Henderson. Um I was aware of how much we bring up Liverpool in these podcasts. We're obsessed. Um 
But the point being that Xhaka, if Xhaka signed a new contract, the guy's 28 and Henderson's 31 and he's kind of in the last two, three, four years for Liverpool. So, you know, around where Xhaka is really matured into a um, a solid player that di- who can dictate tempo, who can, I don't watch loads of Liverpool, but from what I've seen of Henderson, he's very, you know, kind of, you know, has a good passing range and, and does a lot, does a lot of good stuff in that midfield. But Xhaka, um, I don't think will be the same as in just being a single pivot at the bottom of that midfield or, or ever reach those heights. But I think the comparison to make is that having been maligned for a long time, I wonder whether Arteta is the right coach to get something out of Xhaka. And it feels like Xhaka is in Arteta's plans. And I wonder whether with Party over the next two, three seasons, if he gets a new deal, we might grow to love him. I don't know. I really don't know. And, yeah. and, and lol, six months ago, if you'd heard me saying that. But of course, I think Xhaka's really hit a lot of good form. And it's also important to say players can turn things around. Absolutely. Absolutely, they can. Uh, here's he my <laughs> reason as to why I, I it, and I don't think it's, you know, I, I question his mentality sometimes. Um, I think he speaks, he, he's a, he's a lot like Bellerin in that I feel like he speaks this faux good game and with, I, and, but the, if we just discount all of that, the main reason that I think that it's a no kind of on my end is because of where he's limited as a footballer. Jordan Henderson is I'm not like it's not that he can't kick a ball but he's not the most technically able player. He's no he's probably not even top 5 10 midfielders technically in yeah. the country. And that's why I make the comparison with Xhaka. And but the thing with Xhaka is is he's very technical but he's not mobile. And where football is currently, you need to be mobile. You need to be physically able to do a lot of things. And that's why Henderson currently thrives in this modern brand of football. Henderson is is an absolute workhorse. Horse, will run his socks off, will bark order at players. Or, order. Uh, and it just... Orders. Orders. That's, that's it. <laughs> I'm having a mare. But I just don't think I don't I don't think he's got the I think that unfortunately Vizaka his limitations are in the wrong areas for the modern game and is one it's one of the reasons why I I, I want him sold probably in the summer and replaced with somebody who okay might not be as technically able when it comes to passing the ball or striking the ball but has more physicality and more mobility and can wriggle out of spaces. So that for me is why I don't think he could become that for us going forward purely because of where the game's at currently. Interesting. Interesting. I think if we played in a different league, like if he, if this was a Juventus we're talking about, or if this is a, always said Jack would be, people would be purring over Jack in a different league. He's just, I think that, you know, and people were purring over him at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Like he was a touted prospect and there, there is a reason we spent thirty-five million pounds on him. I just, he does not have the physicality for the Premier League, and or for even for the top, top. You know, you're talking Champions League teams now. So I just yeah. think it's unfortunate because he's a nice. Do you know what? He's a nice guy. Like I don't think he's an asshole. but I just don't think he has what we need moving forward. He doesn't have the facilities, big man. 
No, mate, you've 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 convinced me. You've you've convinced me. Okay, we better leave it there. Be going over over an hour. Um, Jesus, mate. How are you, Brad? It's just so much fun with you. I always I always lose I lose track. Oh, so much fun, honestly. Uh, Honestly, sweat up, sweat up. Right. Uh, any plans for the evening? Uh, my flatmate is cooking uh, dinner. They're cooking gnocchi, and I've never had gnocchi before, so I'm very oh, excited. Nice. I've never had it. I'm really excited. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoy that. Thanks, I will mate. be. I'm doing an audio book this evening, which I've Ooh. been putting off for a long time. Which Love I will it. Do now. Um, pleasure as always, Bradley. As per my friend. We will see you midweek. We'll have an extra sort of bonus midweek pod, probably with Aaron at Read the Game. Um, and uh, then we will be seeing off the Leeds game where we might have a Xhaka Ceballos double pivot against Leeds' press. So fun. Look forward to that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, for All listening. Right. And we'll Thank see you guys. soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.